One of my favorite pieces of choral music is this one you're just hearing, written by Handel for the coronation of King George II in 1727 and played at the coronation of our Queen, Queen Elizabeth II, 69 years ago. I love the way that at this point it all sounds a little bit pedestrian, if you can call Handel pedestrian. Uh, it's like you wonder, is anything actually going to happen? Is the choir ever going to start singing this piece of choral music? And I reckon this is a musical version of what happened with the disciples in Jerusalem on that first day of Pentecost. This ragtag group of Jesus followers are gathered together to celebrate the Jewish festival of Pentecost. Jesus had ascended into heaven 10 days before, and they're now wondering what is going to happen. He said to them, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He said, wait, you will receive power. But it's been a while. Nothing has happened until... Suddenly, the Holy Spirit comes upon them in this great moment of drama. The promised Holy Spirit rocks up and breaks through the nerves and the silence of that moment in a multi-sensory sights and sounds, physical experience, all colliding in that one climactic moment, that one massive supernatural moment with the disciples gathered in the upper room. The sound of a violent wind from heaven fills the whole house, Luke tells us. Tongues of fire appear and come to rest on them. And it must have been a really scary and exciting moment. You know, they've witnessed the resurrection of Jesus and then they've seen Jesus ascend into heaven and now the promised Holy Spirit is given. Wind and fire, the most wild, untamable, powerful uh, of the elements. And in this incredible climactic moment in history, something shifts. No longer are these 120 or so, it's believed, men and women, fearful, directionless, wondering what's going to happen next. But the promise of Jesus has been fulfilled. The Spirit is given and something massive shifts. And then on top of this uh, huge collision of the elements, wind and fire inside a room, as the Spirit fills them, they begin to declare the wonders of God in other languages. Uh, the other Jews gathered in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost um, can understand. In this moment, the disciples are empowered and they're given confidence, aren't they, to speak of Jesus, to speak of Jesus' divinity, to speak of his cross and his resurrection. They're able to speak before the crowds and are filled with the love of Jesus. Pentecost, as Dave told us, the day that the church is born. 
And I think you could sum up this whole day in two words, wonder and witness. Or actually, I prefer these two words. Oh, and go. Oh, and go. It's the same thing. It's just more the sort of language I prefer. The oh, and go, the awe, the the wonder, uh, and the direction of Pentecost. The oh, the oh of awe and wonder in the presence of the Almighty God. The wild, the supernatural, the out of this world, the God-filling, the mind-blowing experience of being filled with the Spirit of God. The oh wow of Pentecost meant that the disciples were completely blown away by the ultimate power of God that they experienced. When it comes to the world-changing, life-changing power of the Spirit, we can sit here or in our connect groups or around our, our dining tables and we can talk about the Spirit We can try to get our heads around what happened on that first day of Pentecost. But really, we, like those disciples, need to experience him. The, oh, wow, the wonder of the Spirit. And so the first question, have you, have I, experienced the wonder, the oh, of being filled with the Spirit of God? Theologian Tom Wright says that trying to understand what happened at that first Pentecost, trying to make sense, in fact, of the Holy Spirit, is a bit like trying to reduce a hurricane to a list of diagrams on a meteorologist's chart. You can't fully know what a hurricane is like unless you've actually experienced it, unless you're actually stood out in the wind, feeling uh, its power, seeing its effects all around you. I guess that's why in the US some people chase storms. They want to be as close as possible to experience the wonder, the oh, the power of the storm. The Spirit of God is gentle, loving, as we've been looking at through this series, but he's also wild and untamable. He goes, according to Jesus in John 3, verse 8, where he wills. He has the power to breathe new life into our faith, into our tired, our our worn out, our skeptical hearts and minds. Second question, do you believe that the Spirit has the power to renew you, to set your heart again on fire with love for him. Now, when I first went paddleboarding, it was in this lovely, uh, quiet, sheltered bay in this picture here in Pembrokeshire. And if you look really carefully, you can see me paddleboarding. Uh, I don't know whether you can see that. I can really see it if I zoom in really closely uh, in, in, in Wales. And I took the paddleboard out. We have a couple of paddleboards, but at this point I was on my friends. Thank you, Connor. Um, 
Uh, and I was doing exactly as I'd been told to do by my friend who was an experienced paddleboarder. Uh, I, I got the paddleboard, you know, walked through the waves. You do that, don't get on before. Uh, you walked through there and I knelt on the paddleboard and started going out into the water. And it was flat as the pancake, as you can see in this picture. Uh, and I paddled along and I thought, this is great, I can do this. And so I stood up and, um, and it was actually fine. It's not as hard as it looks. Some people try and tell you it is. And, um, and so it was absolutely wonderful. And I was really enjoying the experience of paddleboarding. Uh, and I'd been out for a little while and I ventured out a little bit further. And as you know, if you go in the sea on or in it, the, the sort of offshore wind starts blowing a little bit the further you get from the shore. And as the wind started blowing, so did the waves. Uh, and I was getting a bit nervous. I'd been quite confident up to this point, stood up on my paddleboard thinking, I don't know what the fuss is all about. Uh, and so at this point, I thought, I'm going to start heading to shore. It was quite exciting, a little bit too over-exhilarating for me. And so I knelt back down on my paddleboard and started going back to shore. And it was, it was miles more exciting than when it was flat, uh, because then the waves were taking me into shore, and I was like surfing in to the beach, thinking I look like something on Baywatch at this point, uh, until that great moment where suddenly uh, a wave came and took the back of my paddleboard, flipped it completely up, dumped me into the sea, and all my friends and family who had stood on the shore watching my incredible efforts of paddleboarding thought it was absolutely absolutely hilarious. I think that sometimes some of us can almost be a little bit too comfortable in the safe zone, in the still waters of our faith. We can have a tendency, can't we, to stay where the sea is a little bit flatter and a little bit calmer. I know what that's like because I can be like that. Part of me likes to be in control. And so I can consciously or sometimes subconsciously say to God, you know, just keep your distance. I'm fine here. I'm plodding along quite nicely with you, Jesus. You know, don't come too close, Holy Spirit. Don't shake me up too much. I don't want your disruption. Because in this space, I'm enjoying it. I'm out on my paddleboard but it's actually not too disruptive. I've got this, so don't mess with me, God. Maybe you resonate with that. Or you might be somebody who goes into your head and you disengage your heart. And that's a safe zone for some of us. We might even start to wonder uh, whether the supernatural power of God is even at work in our lives or in the world anymore. And so what we do is we close ourselves off from the power of the Spirit of God and what he wants to do in our lives and in this world and where he wants to take us. Now, because uh, the Spirit of God is God, he sometimes just breaks through anyway, showing his power and revealing himself to us despite the walls that we might have put up around us. But then sometimes... He just waits patiently, doesn't he? He just waits for you, loving you, sometimes just nudging you, prompting you, 
until you or I get to the point where we're ready to go a bit deeper, to push out into the deeper water, where it's a little bit more exciting, a bit riskier, a bit more exhilarating. Go out to where the waves are. And in those moments, we go, oh, wow. This is what it's all about. And through scripture, people experience the spirit of God in the exciting, in the drama and the power of fire and wind and storms. But also, like Elijah, when he steps out of the mouth of the cave that, remember, he's been hiding in, and it's in that moment he experiences the power of God, but this time in a gentle whisper. And maybe that's your experience. Simon Ponsonby uh, writes brilliantly about the Holy Spirit. He says this about our experience of the Spirit. We may sense the Spirit as a gentle dove or a purging fire, a cleansing, satiating river, or a gentle, accompanying breath of wind. Sometimes the Holy Spirit draws us out of our comfort zones, shakes us up. But more often than not, he just comes alongside us and he meets us where we are. And he opens our hearts and our minds to the more of God so that we want to step out into the deeper water. The more of God, more love, more compassion, more holiness, more power, more faith. I think I've told this story before, but it just makes me laugh at myself every time. Uh, so I'm going to tell it you again. But I was at New Wine, uh, which is a Christian conference festival thing in England, uh, a few years ago. And I was in one of the big evening sessions with thousands of other people. And it was the end of the talk, and the speaker asked uh, people to come forward for a ministry time whose uh, role it was to speak the gospel of Jesus in the lives. And I'm thinking, oh, flip, that's me. I've got to get out of my seat and go. I, I was very reluctant. And, and I sat and watched as loads and loads of blokes came up and started uh, standing along the front. And then there was me and about one other woman uh, that was there as well. And uh, this guy uh, then started, who had been speaking, he was brilliant. He started uh, ministering to all the people that had come up to the front. And he started at one end here, and he just prayed over the person, and he said, be filled with the Spirit of God. And that person fell over in the Spirit. And, and then the next one, be filled with the Spirit of God, bang. Be filled with the Spirit of God, bang. And it literally was like that. I'm not exaggerating. And I'm stood there about here thinking, that's not going to happen to me. Uh, you know, I don't want to fall over. I might hurt myself. I, 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 need, I might be really exposed. I feel really vulnerable here. You know, I was feeling all angsty about it. And this guy's getting nearer. Be filled with the Spirit of God, bang. Be filled with the Spirit of God, bang. And he comes to me. And he stops in front of me, and he just looks at me, and I look at him, and I'm like, okay, God, come on, and uh, thinking I'm going to brace myself, um, and he doesn't say, be filled with the Spirit of God, and instead, he prays something completely different over me, 
And I have a sense of the Holy Spirit filling me in an incredible way. And then he continues, be filled with the Spirit of God, be filled with the Spirit of God, bang, 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 bang. And he goes on like this. And I was thinking, what's wrong with me? Why is it that all those blokes got that and fell over and I just got this completely separate uh, prayer? You know, I started thinking, is it because I'm a woman and he's anti-women's ministry or whatever? Uh, I don't think it was at all. On reflection, what he prayed in that moment turned out to be really significantly prophetic in my life. And I think the Holy Spirit, in his kindness and compassion to me, knew exactly how he wanted to meet with me in that moment. He knew that I needed to hear that word that was spoken over me. And he knows also what a stubborn control freak I am too. And for me, that moment was an oh moment not because I got lots of fluffy feelings inside of me of the Holy Spirit, but because the Spirit of God spoke personally and profoundly into my life. And I had to yield myself to him in that moment. Martin Lloyd-Jones was the minister of Westminster Chapel in London for about 30 years in the uh, sort of middle part of the last century. And he urged his congregation to do this once in a sermon. Seek it, the Holy Spirit, until you have it, him. Be content with nothing less. Seek his power. Expect this power. Yearn for this power. And when it comes yield to him. So third question, do you, do I, seek the Spirit? Do we expect his power? Do we yearn for him? And do we yield our lives to him? And as in my experience, it'll look different for different ones of us. Sometimes I have moments in worship here uh, where I just don't hold back and I surrender myself. I yield myself to the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I get a sense of experiencing him physically, uh, the Spirit just filling me from my head to my heart. And sometimes it's nothing like that at all. Sometimes the Spirit fills me and comes close to me in really quiet moments where I'm sat on my sofa and I've read my Bible and I've just been praying and I'm just waiting in his presence, trying to keep focus because my mind goes everywhere. And suddenly I know the power of the Holy Spirit is filling me in that moment. But I have to wait. I have to surrender. I have to yield. So Pentecost tells us that we need the O moments the wonder moments. Jesus wants us to experience the Spirit of God, not just to understand him. And why do we need these O moments? Because part of the package is the go moments too. The O and the go, the wonder and the witness of Pentecost, they go together. So the disciples are filled with the Holy Spirit so that they are able to go and fulfill Jesus' command of Matthew 28 
and also Acts 1 verse 8, that they will go and be witnesses to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. As Christians, we need the oh and the go moments. The times where we're refreshed and we're revived and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, where we just wonder at his power. But these moments are not just an end unto themselves. They're not just so that we can have that lovely, gooey feeling of being filled with the Spirit. But also because when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, our faith increases and we're empowered and we're enthused to go out and to live our lives for him. We come here so that we can go. We come here sometimes and have the O so that we can go. And we go out to live for him, to share his love practically and sacrificially in our communities, and to speak, this is the hardest bit, isn't it, of his transforming power, what Jesus has done in our lives, because that's all the disciples did. They just shared their experience of Jesus. Speaking of his transforming power in our offices, in our workplaces, in our hospitals, in our schools, our businesses, the shops we go into, in the relationships that we're in. At that first Pentecost, the O and the go were completely intertwined with each other. And as the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples, what happens? They start speaking in other tongues, Scripture tells us, as the Spirit enabled them. Uh, Not like tongues as in a spiritual language, that's something slightly different, but they're able to speak in the languages that the people gathered in Jerusalem can understand. It would be like me being able to speak to uh, the Ukrainian uh, lady that I've come to know uh, 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 without having to rely on Google Translate. But here are a bunch of frankly uneducated parochial Galileans able to speak and communicate with everybody who's gathered in Jerusalem from all those places that Sue said the names of so brilliantly in Jerusalem with no need for Google Translate. And why does this happen? Not as some sort of supernatural party trick, but the Spirit coming on them enabled everybody in Jerusalem to hear of Jesus, to hear of Jesus' love for them, to hear of Jesus' death on the cross and what that meant in terms of their sins being able to be forgiven to hear of his resurrection and his ascension, his welcome to them in their own language, the O and the go. It was like a glass of water being filled up to overflowing. The disciples are so filled up with the spirit and the power and the love of God that their love for him just begins to spill over generously. They can't stop praising God, Scripture tells us. They can't stop speaking of Jesus. Some even get up and start to speak boldly and publicly in a way that they have never done before. If you look at Acts 2 verse 14 onwards, we see Peter do this incredible sermon, and he's been a quivering wreck a few days before. And then following on from that, there are miracles, supernatural experiences, acts of compassion, which all point people to the saving power of Jesus. The church is born. The O and the go. 
Simon Ponsonby again said this, the Spirit was given not to satisfy believers, but to empower them, to empower us, to bring the gospel to the lost and needy. And that is still the need of the church today. This is why we still need to be filled with the power of the Spirit of God. This is why we still need to experience Him working in our lives as individual believers and as a church as well. We need to be filled with the Spirit's power. We need Him to to light the flame of love for Him in our hearts so that our hearts are broken for the things that break God's heart. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God so that we have the courage, so that we have the wisdom, so that we have the words to be able to share our faith. We need the power of the Holy Spirit so that our love for Jesus leads us automatically to acts of compassion in a sacrificial way. We need the Spirit's power to bring the gospel to the lost and the needy of our city and this country, and this world. Because that is the work of the Spirit-filled church. The Pentecostal power, says William J. Seymour, who is the father of uh, the Pentecostal music, the Pentecostal movement, the Pentecostal power, when you sum it all up, is just more of God's love. If it does not bring more love, it's simply counterfeit. And so we need more of the Spirit's power. We need to pray as we did a few moments ago, come Holy Spirit. Let's stand together as we do that. Just those words again from Martin Lloyd-Jones. Seek him until you have him. Be content with nothing less Seek his, this power, expect this power, yearn for this power, and when it comes, yield to him. And so let's pray together. Come, Holy Spirit. And as we do, just open your hearts, open your lives, open the things that are closed off, to the power of the Holy Spirit. Where there are walls that are built up, start taking them down. In the darkness and the despair, come Holy Spirit. In my cynicism, come Holy Spirit. Into my fear, come Holy Spirit. Into my tiredness, come Holy Spirit. into my mind, into my heart. Come, Holy Spirit. 
to the lost and the broken. Come, Holy Spirit. Into P's and G's. Come, Holy Spirit. Into the church in Scotland. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And as we stand in an attitude of prayer, we'd love to just stand alongside you if you feel the need this morning to be filled with the Holy Spirit afresh. In some ways, this could be all of us, and that's what we've been praying throughout the service, that the Holy Spirit would come. But as we begin to respond by singing these worship songs, if you'd appreciate somebody just praying for you and just asking for you to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. And as I say, in some ways that could be every single one of us, but if you sense this morning that you just need a fresh touch of God's Spirit, then we just invite you to come forward, and Libby and myself and one or two others will just come and simply bless what God is doing in you. If you want to ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit afresh today on this Pentecost Sunday, please come.